This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's talk to Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. It's been an absolutely extraordinary day so far here in the UK with the new Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, reversing most of the notorious mini-budget tax measures that were introduced just a few weeks ago by the previous Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng. How have markets reacted to that news? Quite positively. I mean, this really was humiliating for the Prime Minister in that he reversed almost everything that was announced in this mini-budget. And even with the energy plan, he limited it effectively until April, after which a more targeted plan would be put in place. So what he's effectively done is completely torn up that mini-budget, barring two pieces of tax-cutting legislation which have already started to make their way through Parliament, and that is the reversal of national insurance hike that Rishi Sunak enacted while he was still Chancellor and which Liz Truss heavily campaigned on during the leadership contest saying that she would reverse that. So that was almost kind of a free hit, I guess, for Prime Minister Truss. And the other one was the stamp duty cut. And this is a very conservative way of dealing with the economy when you see downturns. How many times over the last 15 years have we seen stamp duty used to try and kind of revitalise the economy. So it's almost convenient that they were the ones that had already started to make their way through Parliament, allowing Hunt the ability to leave them in. But everything else has effectively been completely torn up and started again uh, to be um, unveiled more in the budget in two weeks' time. This was a nod to the markets, this was a nod to the public, and this was a nod to Conservative MPs, a suggestion that we heard, we listened, we've torn it up, we'll start again. It's important to us that the markets have faith in us and clearly they have lost faith in the government up until this point. The hope being that a new face in number 11 is going to help to improve the fortunes of the government and improve the longevity of the Prime Minister because the questions which followed last week when Quasi Quarteng was sacked as Chancellor really were quite savage and quite brutal and you could see by how short the press conference were that they were very much getting to uh, Liz Truss, this idea of you design this together. In fact, in some cases, you actually kept certain policies from the rest of your cabinet. Why does he go and you stay? This question just kept coming and coming and coming. Uh, so the pressure's really ramped up. But from a market's perspective, what uh, Jeremy Hunt has announced has alleviated some of those concerns. The pound is 1.6% up against the US dollar today. That's a big move in currency market terms. Yields on UK government debt are down 38 basis points. So we're talking back to kind of earlier this month, late last month levels, which again aligns with a week or two before, before this mini budget started to get uh, slowly released. Expectations for the Bank of England have been pared back slightly, still quite aggressive, a 1% rate hike in early November and another 75 basis points in December, taking us to 4% by the end of the year. But when, if you remember shortly after the mini budgets, the markets are pricing in 2% by that early November meeting, uh, rate hike alone taking us to 4.25. So that is a dramatic pairing back of expectations as far as interest rates are concerned over that time. So a lot has improved 
but there's still a lot to improve because so much still hangs on this budget. Yes, we know what they're not going to do anymore, but what are they going to do? What are they going to announce? Where are they going to cut spending? How are they going to restore fiscal credibility? These are still many unanswered questions and also what the OBR are going to say because many's expectations now for the economy have seriously deteriorated in recent months. As you said, it is about restoring fiscal stability rather than even politics. It goes beyond politics and obviously Jeremy Hunt's focus on reassuring the markets and reinstating confidence appears to have worked so far with gilt yields trading lower and as you said sterling uh, pushing higher but certainly has been the biggest u-turn in british economic history craig let's move on and talk about japan and in particular japanese fx markets yeah, I mean, a lot more talk of FX intervention. So since that intervention a few weeks ago, the yen has slipped much further. In fact, it's actually now trading in not too far from 150 to the dollar. Uh, this intervention previously took place around 145, 146, pushed back to around 140, and then it's just continued to scream higher. A lot more talk, uh, the Ministry of Finance, etc., talking about the sense of urgency, etc., that still exists, uh, things that we hear every night at this point. It, it does seem like we are nearing the point when another intervention is going to be necessary from a credibility perspective, but the question is, how are they going to do so in a way that achieves more than it did last time? They can't be intervening in the FX markets every few weeks on the scale that they did a few weeks ago so it's a case of how do they do so at a time now in a way that's going to be more sustainable they said they say they only care about volatility in the markets but volatility hasn't improved either let alone the levels in terms of where the pair is trading now it's trading above the intervention level of a few weeks ago it's trading above the intervention level of 1998 so we now are into uh, kind of multi-decade highs uh, in terms of where this pair is trading and it's still just moving in one direction in such a powerful way the pressure is ramping up and you have to wonder what it is that the Ministry of Finance has up its sleeve in order to try and at the very least slow the pace of weakening of the yen. Maybe even come up with something that's going to be far more sustainable in the longer term because as long as you've got such divergence between the monetary policies of the Bank of Japan and the US Federal Reserve, then it's really hard to create a bullish case uh, for the Japanese yen unless something significant changes. It's already been a dramatic start to the week here in the UK, but what should we look out for the next seven days or so, Craig? Well, I still think there is going to be a heavy focus on the UK this week because of everything that's happened and what's to come. We've also got a lot of economic data like inflation data here in the UK and retail sales, and we know how much Bank of England expectations have been changing, so that's going to be heavily in focus. There's also a massive focus on the US as well. That inflation number last week was so huge for the US. It really wasn't what people wanted to see. But what was really interesting is after the inflation number came out, equity markets dipped 2.5% before rebounding by 5% on the same day. We saw a massive resurgence in risk appetite. So a lot of focus this week is going to be on Fed policymakers and what they have to say about this. What, what does it mean as far as interest rates are concerned? Does it really change anything or is that in line with what they expected, even if it was disappointing on the face of it? It's hard to say at this point in time, but it does feel like we are nearing a point when we are going to see peak inflation and peak interest rates being priced into the markets. But we need to see some evidence of that actually being the case before we see a substantial rebound and a sustainable rebound, I should say, in risk appetite. But I think a core driver now for markets 
over the coming weeks is going to be earnings season. That kicked off late last week with some of the big banks. We've got some more big banks reporting uh, in the earlier parts of this week. And then we'll slowly but surely start to really ramp up in terms of the number of companies we are hearing from over the course of the next week or two. So I think that's going to be a core focus now as far as investors are concerned. See what companies have to say. The bar is going to be set extremely low, but we need to know exactly what they think, not just about in terms of the top and bottom line for the last quarter, but how bad is their outlook for the next 12 months compared to everyone else's? How much of an economic threat do they see? What does it mean for their hiring intentions, for example? All of these questions are going to be answered in the coming weeks and they're going to be a key force in the markets in determining what sentiment is going to be like over the next couple of months and whether we're facing the potential for another 10% dip in equity markets or whether the bottom may have already started to be formed. US firms are going to have a big say in how equity markets trade in the coming weeks. And it's going to be really interesting to see what it is that they have to say about the current state of things, but also their expectations going forward. Okay, Craig, thanks very much for joining us today. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.